why Lord. we are going to get started. Okay. Hey guys, it's Lavetta. And it's Miriam. <laughs> and this is the Notorious Women Podcast, a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women. Yes, indeed. Yes. I am so excited. This is our final episode of season three. I right? mean, yes, it is. I can't I can't believe we're finishing a third season. I feel I like we just started, kind of. And at the yeah. same time, I feel like we've been doing this forever. <laughs> and what are you trying to say? That we're old. I feel I'm like, like we're the old. ball and chain. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny, Lavetta, is that you and my husband have so much in common, and it's weird. Okay? <laughs> we're like the same person. You kind of are the same person. Yeah. yeah. That means Sal is cool. That's why I love Sal. Sal is cool. I like to think that I cool. balance you out with your like, like focus and ability to organize things. You know, my lack AKA of focus. type A personality. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I know what you're saying. I know what you're you saying. You and Sal are both like, <laughs> wash your hands immediately and then we can talk words. Oh. Like you guys are the same yeah. person. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, I am a bit high strong. Like, yes, but I mean, we're both Libras, but it's so interesting. I think you may have that part of the Libra like trait where you're like, yeah, let's just let's let's feel, you know, let's go with the flow. Let, right. Let me tell though, you. And we're also empathetic. Yeah. Very you know, empathetic. But I, I have a, I must have a Virgo rising because I can be very like Lavetta when task we ask mastery when we go on hikes. Pack snacks, uh-huh. right? Snacks. He packs every time four plates so that in the middle of rocks, we can eat a snack over a plate. What? <laughs> and all you're thinking is, of course, he packed plates. What are you going to yep. do? Just eat? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. yeah. What is Sal's uh, uh, sign? So he's a Leo. He's very Leo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. But I don't know anything yeah. else. I don't know anything else about me. I just know Libra. I know I have things rising and falling no, like, and stuff, but. Uh. Yeah. Sometimes I think I have Leo rising, but. Yeah. Leos are very helpful. They're very helpful. Yes. They tend to be. Oh, and both of you, you are know. like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think I'm much more, I'm a little bit more high strong than, uh Leo's tend to be so that's why I think it's Virgo but anyway <laughs> uh, I mean that's a good match Leo and, and yeah. Libra but uh apparently uh Aquarius uh Sagittarius and mm-hmm. uh, Gemini is like our like a, Le- a Libra's like really great match no no apparently. no I dated a Sagittarius no thank you no <laughs> no I've ga- I've dated many Sagittarius and I have to say that they are stupid. Uh, sorry. No disrespect. I'm they, just kidding. My one ex-boyfriend no, was no, stupid. No, no. Sorry. Not every Sagittarius. Please don't come at me. Okay. Thank you. Actually, most of the ones I've ever met are actually highly intelligent, but oh. no, they okay, are so not one diplomatic. One. They're not uh, diplomatic. No. And that is the, the thing that, because Libras are very diplomatic. Like what you just said earlier, like, it comes prepared and you mean type a like uh, a sagittarius would be like she's anal (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true (laughs) yeah that's true no he was too stupid to be anything it's fine (laughs) (laughs) 
too stupid. I really am over him. I have but... to say, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. That is bad, though, when you... This is why I never judge a woman's dating past, because I've dated yeah. some doozies, and I'm you like, can't. what were you smoking, girl? Right. You like, can't. You can't judge the woman based on her ex-boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever. Sometimes, yeah, man... like, or exes, like... Sometimes you're just like, that's nothing to do. But maybe anyway, love isn't I, blind. Um, love is just stupid. I don't know. <laughs> we could rephrase it. Make t-shirts. Now that is a dating show that I would watch. I love would is tell. stupid. <laughs> I would watch it all day. <laughs> oh my god! I guess we should get started on our final episode okay, of okay. season three. Um, so I believe I am first this week and I have a good one. I cannot wait to get into this. All right. I'm excited. Um, So my notorious woman for this week is Linda Taylor. Linda Taylor. Taylor? I don't think so. Yeah. Because it's a very common name, but oh, let's get into it. Okay. So my sources today, some of my sources today come from uh, a PBS documentary, um, and on the state of Black America, uh, Black America Now post MLK, also from an interview with PBS NewsHour, um, a YouTube uh, documentary from The Damage Report, or actually a YouTube channel called The Damage Report. Okay. Uh, well, they do sort of revisionist history kind of kind of things. Oh, really interesting. Yeah. With very attractive women. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like anchors. Um, and a new report, public article by Bryce Covert from 2019, okay. and among many other sources. But those are my main sources. So now, Linda Taylor. So a little backstory. In 1974, Linda Taylor was identified by the, the Chicago Tribune as a person who had committed welfare fraud oh. to end all welfare frauds. Wow. They claimed in this article that she was receiving public assistance, a program aimed at helping poor people while wearing furs and driving fancy cars, including a Cadillac. Okay. After this expose on Linda Taylor, she was quickly given the moniker of welfare queen. Oh, my God. So all all I have in my head is glow. Like all I have in my head right now. I know. (laughs) Yeah. And now I want to go watch it again. Okay, let's yeah. hear what really now, happened. Okay. Now, what would become of this? So the the term welfare queen ha- has become, especially after this expose and this time in the 70s, it became a particular kind of slur directed yes. primarily at black women, mm-hmm. um, but black people in general. And it was a kind of racial dog whistle and racist response to the slogan of Black queen or African queen yeah. that became popular, uh, a, a popular term to describe black women and black women describe themselves as during the black power movement of the 60s and the 70s. So in the 60s and the 70s, it'd be like black power. Yeah, my beautiful black queen, my beautiful African queen. So the term mm. welfare queen in the 70s became sort of a it's a it was yeah. downright a dog whistle as a response to that. So that, uh, that, now a little that, bit that about feels Linda right Taylor. to me. That sounds Correct. Yeah. So okay. she is basically the the physical embodiment of that that term, that kind of thinking that was solidified and can be uh, it, it can be directly um, connected to this article from the Chicago Tribune in 1974. Interesting. Okay? Wow. 
Yeah. The media has and power. And it became... The media has power. And a lot of people, it became very popular in the 80s, especially. And I'll get into that in a little bit. But a little bit about Linda Taylor herself. Now, Linda Taylor was born Martha Louise White, uh, probably in January of 1926 in Gold Dust, Tennessee. Okay. Now, although her birth certificate, um, there's no birth certificate uh, that was issued. But in his book, which is another source, a major source, uh, Josh Levine's book called The Queen, he makes her estimate uh, just based on his research uh, that she was born around and basically January of 1926. But we can't okay. find a birth certificate. Oof. Well, now, not much is known of her father, but based on the stories from family members, he was either black or white, uh, a light skinned black guy or a white guy. Okay. Or in some census reports, even though Linda herself was uh, marked as white. Now, one reason for the confusion is that Linda's mother, Lydia Mooney White, was white. Okay. Um, and at the time of her birth in 1926, she could have been convicted of felony under the Alabama <gasps> law against interracial relationships, which is where they right. think that she had a relationship with a black man yep. and then went back home to Tennessee. And that's why she was. OK. Yep. You got to do what yeah. you got to do. Because. Yeah. Now, whatever her race was, because Linda was a very light skinned uh, woman to me and to most black people. When you see her, I'm like, oh, she's just a light skinned black woman. Like, like, but, yeah. But to many white people who, despite America's deeply rooted racial divide, identifying an actual black person is very difficult for white people <laughs> for some reason. Even back then. Listen, people don't like, people don't like want white people don't want you to be black like that. That's why that their eyes are just like, no, I can I can see how you're white. Like people do that to me being Jewish. They're like, are you Irish? I feel like you're Irish. Yeah. No, I don't it's like, look Irish, but. Okay. It's like Jennifer Beals and Mariah Carey, people are like, they yeah. look white to me. I'm like, where do they look white? They do How? not look white. No, it's they just because, look like a light skin. Anyway. Yeah, like like white yeah. white supremacy eyes. <gasps> I should I should I yeah. Hashtag white supremacy eyes. <laughs> Patent pending. You gotta put that. Okay. <laughs> well, it's just so weird because they're so focused on on keeping black people in their place and they still yes. have a hard time actually identifying a black person in this country because i, I can't do, speak in I other do places think they're just weird uncomfortable around black people so if they can make you not black somehow or they're just not bright yeah. you know what also an option it's not very bright yeah there's okay there's that you know and it's yeah, and I think it's because they never take the time to actually learn about black people. So even though they've been oh. living with us for hundreds of years in this country, they don't really know us. Um, hey, Lavetta. So Lavetta, I hmm? think nail on head. Hmm? I think the nail on the head. I think you just hit the nail on the head. Okay. Okay. Yeah. For more philosophy. It's just like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Again, right. it's, it's like occasionally there'll be like a, 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 a biracial person. And we also know that black people in this country, again, I can only speak about in this country come in all shades. Yeah. Um, and we also have uh, new Orleans. Like we have that whole kind of like the, the quadroon balls and the, yeah. you know, it's like that. Um, what's that? He's really sexy. What's the guy? Theo James. Theo James just looked black to me. People like he's white. I'm like, he don't look white. He looked like, he looked like an octoroon. That's what that boy looked like. Okay. To me. <laughs> 
<laughs> he don't look white. He don't, he looks so black to me. And they're like, he's Greek. I'm like, no, I mean, he can't be black. He just, yeah, he just exactly. looks like one of his grandparents is, he looks like one of his grandparents is black. That's all I'm saying. That, yeah. But he fine as, he's fine as hell too. So I but, don't know who that is, but now, anyway. I want, now I want to know. Okay. The guy, did you watch uh, uh, the Divergent series? And also he, no. he's British and he was also in uh, the last season of The White Lotus when they were in Italy. Oh, I did watch that. Yes, the sexy one, uh, the one who's problematic that was uh, married to the the pretty blonde lady. Oh, yeah, he is Uh, not unattractive. Yeah. No, he's not unattractive. He's very sexy. But anyway, uh, but when I see him, I'm like, that's obviously a black guy. And white people are like, no, I don't see it. I'm like, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Um, But because of this, whatever. So I just think Linda was uh, when you see her again, she just looks like a light skinned black woman. But because she was growing up in, you know, the 40s, the 50s, she often used this racial ambiguousness to her advantage and she would present herself as different various racial and ethnic identities including black asian hispanic and jewish oh wow (laughs) i love it run the gamut it's all a construct run the gamut do do you i don't know (laughs) yeah i think it's just one of those things they're like you don't look quite white i'm jewish oh okay (laughs) yeah yeah. sure (laughs) so okay girl. now not not much is known of her childhood, except that she did grow up with a poor family in, uh, who were sharecroppers. So these okay. were white people. Again, her mother went back to her people. And she was often made to feel like an outsider in her own home because of her race. She was never allowed to go inside her uncle's home. Ugh. And she was often kept out of family functions. That bastards. Now, why did you take this little baby back? to these races as that's what i'm saying as crackers i'm gonna say it i'm yeah. gonna say it i'm from florida like no no um but i guess a white woman at that time didn't have a lot of options i don't know, you know? I, um, I don't know that just mm. and you either it like, sounds like they were poor you also love the shit out of my children for who they are or i'd never need to see you again but like i have a pri- i have that- a privilege and i know that but oof And also the fact that she wasn't allowed in her uncle's home, because that was something they used to be like, well, black people aren't allowed inside. But then like Um, as a parent, I would be like, we are not going to your uncle's home because he's not good enough for us. You know what I'm saying? Like there's. Yeah. Who knows what the dynamics. Yeah. uh, The family dynamics were. But she was also expelled from an all white school at the age of six and didn't make it past the second grade. Um, because of this, and perhaps that it led to her rebelliousness that came fair uh, from this. I mean, this is a very fundamental wound, right? Yeah. Rejected by your family, oh and you don't obviously you don't know your father's side of the family, you know. Um, so this is your only family. Now, to make matters even worse and more difficult, at age fourteen, she gave birth to her first oh. child in around uh, nineteen forty. Oh God. Um. She would uh, go on to have five children total. So four, wow. uh, go on to give birth at least to four more children. Okay. Um, now it was around this time that Linda decided to use her, I don't know, multi-ethnic appearance. Okay. Ambiguous racial appearance to become a very deft scammer. She was a scammer. I don't blame her. Um, by leaving home and moving first to a mostly black neighborhood in Oakland, California. Okay. She started to accumulate a criminal record, oh. allegedly. Uh, a lot of this is allegedly. Right, so, right. Um, and again, when she moved to the black neighborhood, people, black people, probably like, well, yeah, she's just a light skinned black lady. I just <laughs> don't understand. Yeah. But she go on the other side of town, and she could, they, they right. wouldn't know, be none the wiser. So, now to be 
To be fair, she did appear to make attempts at formal employment. Okay. But she was also at a disadvantage. Right. Racism had limited her education. Yeah. And racism had also limited her employment opportunities. Wait, are you telling me even as she, that racism is bad? Is that? Is that <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, yes. interesting. For those of you who don't know, yes, who are, it's bad. Who are and unsure it, until now. I know. Even though she she could uh, use her racial fluidity, but she but, but because she grew up in the South, but, but, but she couldn't get her education, exactly. and because she doesn't have education, she can't get a better job. Can't pull up bootstraps if they okay. don't give you boots. Exactly. So I figured Linda's like, listen here, bitches, sign me all of that. Forget all of that. I'm going to get mine. Okay. By any mean necessary, bitches. So allegedly Mm. one of the ways that she started to get hers was uh, by kidnapping babies. (gasps) Oh, Uh, yeah. Oh, 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 okay. Theft. All kinds of things. Mm. I'm getting to them. So mm-hmm. one baby in particular that has been tied to Linda yeah. um, was a baby by the name of Paul Franzek, okay. Franzak from Chicago. Okay. Apparently, it is reported that she kidnapped the little baby from a Chicago hospital in 1964. Whoa. She posed as a nurse, took him from the hospital and kept him for over a year. <gasps> The baby was uh, thankfully found about 800 miles later, abandoned in a New Jersey shopping center. So the family's like, oh, my God, the baby's alive. This is some changeling kind of bullshit, right? Yeah. The the baby's back alive. And um, so at least that's what they thought. But Paul Franzek, who he thought he was Paul, took a DNA test almost 50 years later. Oh, shit. Around 2014. Okay. Um, he took a DNA test and realized that he was not the Franzic's child. Oh he was God. not Paul. <gasps> so she just, no one knows what happened to this baby. Uh, I'm sure there's been some investigations, but Linda's son, a man by the name of Johnny Habo yeah. in 19 in 2014 was interviewed and he confirmed that yes, Linda stole the baby. What did he she says he remembers the baby? I that's a that's a whole nother podcast episode. This woman has so many crimes that are tied to her that I, we're only scratching the surface. OK, but for some reason, I don't know if she she because she had children of her own. I I suspect she was kidnapping white babies and probably trying to sell them because this is also a time where, you know, abortion. All, but she's actually going in and, and taking babies out of the hospital. And her son, Johnny, yeah. in 2014, recalled in an interview that he remembers his mom having a room full of wigs and costumes, including a nurse's uniform. Oh, shit. Holy crap. Yep. Yep. So these people think they got their baby back and he thinks he's back home. And it's, and it's also it's like, where did she get the other baby? Uh, but that, well, yeah, that's I don't understand. Did she just switch babies? Did she sell the baby to the, the nearest person? I think it's baby selling. That's the only reason a woman like this would be taking babies because yeah. she had her own children. So it's not like one of those. Oh, I can't I can't have children. I just right. want a baby. It's it's and I'll get into a little bit more. So uh, let's let's dive dive in deep here. Okay. So sit back. So okay. now, according to Josh Levine, again, the author of The Queen, in addition to kidnapping, she was also suspected of theft, fraud and murder. What? Yes. Holy shit. Yes. 
She now, as far as theft and fraud, she was involved in a failed attempt to extort a gambling mogul by threatening to go public with the relations by the claims of a, re- a non-existent relationship. Oh, she also tried to to get to extort the or through fraud. She claimed to be the long lost daughter of a wealthy man who had died <laughs> to claim her inheritance. But this failed because her white, her family members, her white family members, including her mother, came forth because obviously there's all this money at stake. So his family, the wealthy man who had died, they're not going to let this go without a fight. Right, so absolutely. they took her to court. OK. So because of that, her family members were forced to come forward oh, shit. And, and say, no, that she is not who she's claiming to be. She's our daughter, including her mother. But even at that point, her mother really she felt rejected by her mother. Yeah, because her mother kind of so, rejected her. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So she so that fell apart. Now, in 1974, even after this article from the Chicago Tribune, she was. And, and, and so after the article uh, around the time of the article, she was indicted on welfare fraud. But while out on bail. She was tied, allegedly tied to the suspicious murder of a woman named Patricia Parks, who had who had died under suspicious circumstances. And they they knew that Linda had befriended this woman. Okay, so they suspected her of that. Also, one of her husbands, a man by the name of Sherman Ray, was shot by one of his cronies Uh and his and his family accused her of being involved because she had taken two life insurance policies out on him <laughs> shortly before his death. Two, huh? Naming her the sole beneficiary. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, she ingratiated uh, herself. Oof. Yeah. She ingratiated herself also, according to Josh Levine's book, uh, to a woman named Mildred Markham, whom she um, she began to mistreat and hold against her will. What? That's kidnapping. Potentially probably trying to kill her. Oh, God. And collect life insurance on her. Yep. So, okay. Linda is shady as fuck. Yes, yeah, she Okay. Yeah. Linda mm-hmm. is not only is she a scammer, but she's like, a, it sounds like she's a violent scammer, allegedly. Um, so, you would think that with all these possible murders and deaths <laughs> and shady <laughs> shit yeah, around this is her. Not, we're, this is not okay. Okay. Not okay. <laughs> This would be enough, right, to like sus- suspect her, like to to go after her. But no, instead, because America bitches, they want to focus on welfare fraud, right? Wow, so that was the big problem here. Yeah. That's the welfare fraud. That was a big problem, not the murder. So let's go back to nineteen seventy four. Murder, alleged murder. So, because by the time nineteen seventy four, remember, she goes to Los Angeles in nineteen forty, so she had thirty four years to be scheming of- and scamming. Yeah. Stealing right? people. And murdering people. Stealing them and murdering Stealing them. Stealing babies. Yeah. Stealing babies. No, but you took a uh, dollar now, out of my taxes. Let's focus on that. Okay. Well, let's get into that. That's really interesting. So when she was arrested, um, so this is how it starts. In August of 1974, she filed a police report claiming that she had been robbed of $14,000, uh, equivalent of about $83,000 in 2020. Uh, so about $90,000 okay. in today's cash uh, of cash, jewelry and furs. So she files this report. OK. Right. This is one of her scams. Chicago detective Jack Sherwin and Jerry Cush took the report and they recognized her from a similar previous report uh-huh. that she had filed. Okay. So they were like, huh, something's not right here. 
So they became suspicious and started to look closer, closely at her because they're like, is this one of these people who are just falsely mm. reporting? Because a lot of times you can falsely, once you report something, you can get insurance payouts from right. right? With the police report, right? So they started looking deeper into her and they... Um, they found they then they they were like, huh, something's not right. Yeah. And they realized that she had uh, different multiple different names in her in different apartments under those different <laughs> names. Um, they discovered that. And, and finally, they discovered that she was actually wanted on welfare fraud in Chicago. So they're in Illinois. She so they started looking closely at her. Okay. So they started going deeper and deeper, and they realized, oh, this is this woman's got stuff all over, all over the country, probably. But they were able to pin down the the Michigan uh, thing. So she Wait was arrested at the Michi- end of August. She's Michigan or Chicago or California or all of it. She just keeps all tra- of it. Okay. So in the 40s, she moved to Chicago, to Los Angeles at first. Okay. And then she's been moving around. She's been moving okay. around. So the where the article, the Chicago Tribune, was in Chicago because that came out after this investigation. Right. But the investigation was sparked because she filed a false police report, suspected. <laughs> she was suspected of that. Right. So once they started looking closely at her, then they found the charges in Michigan. Uh, Does that make sense? You know, I feel like you can commit this kind of fraud like once. You know what I'm saying? And then like flags. I think flags. back then because they weren't computerized. They didn't have, they weren't, uh, states weren't talking to each other as much as they are oh, now. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, I think it was, it was a lot more, uh, what do they call it? Uh, pre-digital, what are, uh, analog. It was a lot analog, more analog back yeah. then. And obviously the scam has been working but the only reason it didn't work is because they thought, huh, there's something familiar about her. Um, and then they started looking closer. Yeah. Because she's counting on in the incompetence of most police officers also. Fair. Fair enough. Yeah. You know. And she is a good looking woman. She's not just a like, she's a, she's an attractive woman. So, you know, she's probably turning on um, the charm. And, you know, even at this point, let's say she was born in 26. She's only, she's what, 48 at this point. So she's still an attractive woman, right? So, but for some reason they look closer at her. Maybe something didn't kind of, maybe they were actually good detectives. (laughs) And they were like, I don't know. That's the last possible possibility. If you notice that, (laughs) that was like, mostly no, we are not assuming that at all, but like, maybe, I don't know. But originally they arrested her on the the um, the 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 Michigan um, charge because she was wanted in Michigan, but she fled. So they originally arrested her at the end of August in 1974, uh, possibly intending to send her back to Michigan. But they released her on bond because they're thinking this is low level. They don't know about the murders, alleged murders and kidnapping. Mm -hmm. They just yep. think, oh, this and they could even be thinking at this point, this is a high class woman. So this is a white collar crime kind of thing. Right. right? Um, and then they're like the welfare thing. Huh. But it seems like it's not a serious thing. So they release her on bond. OK. She fl- she fl- she flees the state. OK. And becomes a fugitive into October wow. of 74, where she's caught in Tucson, Arizona. <laughs> So Tucson, Linda's huh? like I'm out. Well, she went. Like, she went south. Yeah. She went southwest. Yeah. Okay. So now back in uh, Illinois, prosecutors open a 31 count indictment against her for fraud, perjury, bigamy, oh. alleging yeah. that she had received welfare and social security checks under multiple names. Okay. 
Now, her attorney, uh, R. Eugene Pitchum, managed to delay the trial until 19 of uh, March of 1977, okay. by which time the charges had been considerably reduced, including welfare and assistance fraud totaling. Because um, originally in this article reported that she had uh, in the Chicago Tribune that we started at the beginning of the story yeah. that she had uh, taken about one hundred thousand dollars. Uh, which is about $900,000 in today's money. Um, but in when she went to trial in March of 1977, that had been reduced considerably to 8000 So not 100000 Okay, 8, that's 000. a little less stressful. But by that time, the press had gotten a hold uh-huh. of it. Okay. So that is why they then release that expose on her about welfare fraud. Okay, she became the poster woman for welfare fraud. Got it. Uh, again, oh, ignoring all I the mean, murders, the the baby kidnapping, the the shady ass shit. Do you, do you like <laughs> that how Linda like up to. how like racism actually like 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 helped her get away with like the really bad shit? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I think yeah. that's really interesting that because of racism yeah. and like this need to, to like that she that she was like also I committed murder, but like no one knows about it. <laughs> We don't we don't want to hear about the murders. Tell us about the welfare checks. <laughs> what? What? Okay. No. So oh, now Jesus. during the trial, Linda seemed unrepentant, not only unrepentant, but a bit boastful. Oh. She was she's famously caught on a news camera going into court because, again, she this expose comes out in 74. So by the time the trial comes in 77, everybody wants to know. Yeah, right. Like this welfare queen. Drama. A trial, right? Drama, right? right? So it's probably selling newspapers. Oh, yeah. um, and so she's famously going into the uh, into court one day and she says, quote, well, compared to some of you white people, I think I've done pretty good to be black, end quote. <laughs> <laughs> I want to clap my hands That's right amazing. now. That's amazing. I mean, listen, don't murder, don't steal children, obviously. But like, I really like that quote. <laughs> yeah. And also, it's so funny because when you hear her talk, I'm like, that's obviously just a black Southern woman who's very light skinned. Again, it's so oh, funny. Yeah. But, um, so she didn't really do herself any favors. Um, you know, yeah. also, they started posting pictures of her in fur coats. And when you put in her name, that's what comes up. There's a very famous oh, picture really? of her a fur coat and, a, and a, a, a fly hat looking basically like Lady Superfly and driving Cadillacs. Yeah. OK. Um, she shouldn't have stolen and, uh, You know. No. So the trial lasted less uh, about three weeks. And after the jury deliberated for about seven hours, she was found guilty on March 17th, 1977. Okay. She was eventually sentenced to um, uh, and sentenced to two to six years on the welfare fraud and a year on the perjury charges and to be uh, served consecutively. Okay. She was sentenced. um, Her sentence. She was sentenced on uh, February 16th. 17, uh, 1978, I'm sorry. So February 16th, 1978, she began uh, serving time at Dwight Correctional Center. Okay. Now, again, Linda, because she know all the dirt she done done. She know all the dirt she done done. Uh, Now, one of the reasons now, again, she's convicted. She's basically convicted to what three, two to six years. And then so maybe seven years total. At the most. Yeah. Um, At the most. Right. Now, again, that article came out in 1974. In 1976, again, two years after the Chicago Tribune story ran, Ronald Reagan. Oh, 
God. Began campaigning Uh. for the presidency. And Mm -hmm. he used this story Mm -hmm. and embellished it. Yeah, of course he did. To get to gain support. So he claims in a campaign on a in a campaign speech is a very famous one. It comes up often if you look up Linda Taylor, that she was earning about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. That's about a million dollars by today's standards by cheating Social Security. According to him, Mm -hmm. she used 80 names, 30 addresses, 15 telephone numbers to collect food stamps, Social Security, veterans benefits from four non-existent deceased husbands and welfare. I mean, okay. This is what he claimed. Again, she was eventually, and again, this is a year before her trial, but even when they brought charges against her, they charged her with totally $8,000. Yeah, that's real He's different. claiming mm-hmm. $150,000. Okay. you know what this reminds me of? Like, there's like what? facts, and then there's like <laughs> alternative facts. <laughs> it sounds to me like he was walking yeah. around spouting alternative facts. I mean... So it's so interesting. The playbook that we are witnessing now and we've been witnessing a lot from the Republican Party is can be traced right back to this. Well, to this time. That's I mean, if you talk to my husband, he's pretty sure that the downfall starts with Reagan. Like it's just we were it's really hard when you when you when they read history and you kind of delve into what America was starting to do in the 70s, what we were kind of creating, what was getting better. And it's like it's really like heartbreaking to see the 80s, to see what happened. Now keep in mind, the Civil Rights Act passed and Voting Rights Act, all of that passed in 64. So by 76, we're only 12 years yeah. into so we some kind of change and and racist white people are still mad. Right, they're still right? mad. And we so, haven't like we still haven't. Right. Like we haven't changed yeah, yeah, the yeah. political landscape. The idea for these the the voting rights acts is to change the political landscape. And we are still not able to do it. But this is and this and it, is, you know, this is right after. So and also this is also the origins of the racial dog whistle. With, with Reagan because he was an actor, right? Oh, so God, yeah. this is where he's starting this kind of thing. So fucking A. Um, so I, now I'm going to get into his thing. Now, by doing this, he was holding her up as the typical public assistance recipient mm-hmm. and an example of liberal policies to help the poor having gone too far. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, in the PBS documentary, Black America Since MLK and Still I Rise, Brittany Cooper, uh, professor of Africana Studies, says that, quote, the welfare queen image is simply a manufacturer of Ronald Reagan and the Republican Party using one story from Chicago in the 1970s of one woman who scammed something from the system. And it's not entirely clear all that she scammed, end quote. (sighs) It was an outright lie. It basically. was a lie. It was designed to attack. It was a designed to attack the aid from the federal government yes. that had began in the began in the 1930s during the Depression to mm-hmm. help the poor, the majority of whom were white. At the exception, actually, at the inception yes. of, in the inception of these public assistance uh, policies, but be and they also helped many poor of all races, but. With Reagan and the Republican Party in the 1980s, they crafted, they began to craft this false narrative that this aid was only helping black people. 
even though it was still helping white people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in the same uh, PBS documentary, historian Jelani Cobb says that this tactic brought about this fundamental shift in how we began to talk about poverty in the U.S. Interesting. Moving from what was deemed in the 1930s as a deserving poor to the undeserving poor, a.k.a. black and brown people, Mm -hmm. despite the fact that the majority of people still receiving public assistance were white. Yeah. Now, by doing this, changing this narrative, it also takes away the focus away from, quote, what Jelani Cobb says, quote, how did we end with this kind of poverty in the first place by asking that question, end quote. Levine also notes in his novel and his book, The Queen, in 1974, 12% of the country lived in poverty, surviving on as little as $5,000 a year Oof. for a family of four. Such a family could expect just about $3,456 a year uh, to supplement this meager income, an amount in an amount that went without an update for years while inflation soared in the 70s because yeah. inflation was terrible in the 70s. Now, in the article, in Bryce Covert's article for The New Republic, he says, quote, while Reagan never used Taylor, meaning Linda Taylor's name, nor even directly racialized her, he didn't need to. The woman from Chicago, quote, who wore furs and drove a Cadillac while receiving government checks was clearly black to his white supporters. And while the AFDC's uh, caseload never became majority black, 60, again, 60 percent of the families receiving this were non-black. The face of poverty in popular media had become black, allowing Linda Taylor to represent a group toward which white Americans were growing resentful. Mm. Without articulating explicit racial animus, Reagan conveyed a story that spoke to people's racist ideas about the public benefits and lazy black people. End quote. Um, yeah. And this also codified... Uh, uh, the majority of the white voting bloc for the Republican Party based along racial grievances. You know, this is where that's, it, that's where it yeah. started. And I fully believe mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Now, uh, Levine, in an interview with the PBS NewsHour, states that, quote, welfare has been effective talking point for a whole generation of uh, politicians, end quote, including this this idea of the undeserving poor and how the shift in how we talk about poverty in America even started to affect the Democrats and black people, I I will say. And he cites Bill Clinton's stance during his presidency in the 1990s, which was backed by a lot of black people. Because of the power of this image, Democrats as well as many, like I said, many black people fell under the spell. And with the passage of the Welfare Reform Act in 1996, welfare went from being an income based entitlement to being a temporary assistance program that many, even if you are below the poverty line, still are not able to qualify. Yes. So before that, that act, you could just get it because your your income has been, you know, um, so low for so long. But then it became just a temporary thing with an ending date. At that, it, you know, they've done so many studies where they they like a mm-hmm. social experiment where they go to poor areas and they give people like five hundred dollars a month or a thousand dollars a month. Right. You cannot mm-hmm. feed a family on a thousand dollars a month, even in a, the no. poorest neighborhood, because you can't no. you can't. Because you're paying rent and food and books and clothes and you cannot. 
It just was a supplement. And they've done studies where they give uh, an additional $1,000 a month to poor families. And it's yeah. miraculous what they're able to do it's with mir- that money. And it's miraculous how much better everything is The run. children can get their teeth cleaned, teeth looked at. Uh, a mother, mm-hmm. a single mother can afford to get a car. To so go she can to go, work. Um, to go to work, to take the kids to school, to yep. go out of a, uh, a you know, a, a food desert and to go mm-hmm. to a, a, a proper grocery store to buy fresh fruits and vegetables that might actually be cheaper than what's in her neighborhood. Exactly. Um, but this image and this demonization of people on public assistance uh, by racializing it made it so effective that even the other side had to be like, oh, well, maybe we need to reform it. No. We need to look at poverty. Why is poverty in one of the richest uh, countries in the world, right? Or the richest country in the world? Why do you still have a poverty problem? Now, again, Linda Taylor ain't no Girl Scout because she allegedly murdered and Mm. killed people. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget. Uh, But what makes her, I know, let's not forget. But what makes her notorious in um, and have this notorious legacy is because basically she's a scammer. I mean, what makes it notorious is how the people who mean harm to poor people lobbed on her and were able to uh, take someone who was scamming about $8,000. Again, that's nothing. It's not much. Inflate it to 100000 mm-hmm. or 150000 in Reagan's case. Yeah. And specifically use it as a tool, a political tool to demonize black women specifically and black people in general uh, as an excuse to cut off much needed aid and assistance for the majority of the working poor yeah. who are mostly white. So this is where white supremacy harms white people. Yeah. Look within. You know, and this is where when they're, you know, this is what, what we mean about your voting against your interest. Yeah. Why are you voting against people who want to cut welfare? Because it's like, well, if we, we make you think that only black people are getting welfare. Then when we cut it and we cut yours, then you're like, well, at least the black people aren't getting it. But it's like you're not getting it either. Yeah, racism is very powerful because it they kept voting for it. Right? These things and keep, they keep going on ballots. Today. They keep voting for it today. I just saw an article today. where they're pull, right, they're pulling back SNAP benefits. Fuck you. Yep. These people are trying to feed children. Like I the, the fact that they demonize hardworking And it, it and it's These are the hardest working people, people in the world. Yeah, I saw a lady on Twitter say she was like, you know, because we were like, well, the reason why you're poor is because you don't know how to um, budget. And she was like, Mm -hmm. "Uh, actually, poor people got budgeting down to a science because they have to. Yeah. You know, and it's like, what are you what are you talking about? But I just find it so amazing that you can 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 go back and and find like basically patient zero for this kind of thinking. Yeah. Uh, even though there's other people probably creating fraud, a lot of again, sure. majority of people on aid then and now are white. Um, but because they globbed onto this image of Linda Taylor, who um, just to wrap up her story, again, she yeah. went to uh, 
uh, jail okay. in the 1970s. But when she got out, she moved to Florida. Oh. And in the 90s, she was hit with federal charges oh. uh, for for another crime. And she was eventually released and taken back home to her family in, in, Ohio, in Ohio in Ohio, to oh. live out the rest of her life. Now, not much is known of her activities after that, but um, we do know that she died of a heart attack oh. uh, in around 2002. Um, at Ingalls Memorial Hospital uh, outside of Chicago. Now, reports say that she was allegedly living under an alias. Okay. Her remains were cremated. Now, she could have been living under an alias because of the notorious legacy following her, yeah, or maybe she was up to that. another scam. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Like, But I just hate that this scammer is used to demonize and harm millions of Americans for generation after generation after generation because PR is so potent. It's just so potent that this one woman, this one scammer is used to demonize black people, which people already, you know, we've talked off mic people. If you're already inclined to believe something, all you need is like not even a poke to believe it and be like, ha ha, I knew it. And then to use it to harm. I I'm from the South. The majority of the white people I know are actually poor. Yeah. You know, it's not the, you know, uh, the majority, the the people that you think. And I think sometimes when white supremacy will have you think that the majority of white people are actually on 90210 or like the people on 90210 or the people we see in the movies. And that's not the that's not the case in America. No, it's not. It's absolutely Um, not. But they've convinced these people to vote against their own interest in an attempt to hurt black people. But because we don't live on an island, we live with each other. When you cut off aid for them, yep. you're also cutting off aid for yourself. And then they get to blame black people for that as well. So I mean, black people have been the scapegoats in this country time and time again. Like it's even in and fucking Reagan, man, he's such a Fucking Reagan. Motherfucker. I'll say it. He was <laughs> allegedly he basically was mm. like No. I fucking hate him. He basically he he just had the charisma because he was an yeah. actor. Um but remember Reagan had uh he and Hedda Hopper, one of our mm. uh, previous mm-hmm. notorious women, they were part of the group in Hollywood that were pushing for the blacklist. Yes. Like, you know, I, I don't they, even, yeah. And it's funny because I yep. actually remember hearing like little bits about like the blacklist. Like, how can you mm-hmm. think that that's wrong and vote for Reagan? Like my adult self is asking this question um, to the yeah. adults around me at the time, because you can't have it both ways. He's either bad or good in this. Like, well, these people and they come from that mindset that there's uh criminals there's enemies everywhere but yeah. you're the enemy you're the criminal like you're the, mm-hmm. the heartless one like i said this when he did that speech we were only 12 years away from the civil rights act being passed so it's like oh you negroes are, are getting too much after 12 years and they were still they're still integrating schools what you talking I about mean, what you talk about willis i mean they're still <laughs> integrating schools actually um they're still integrating schools today but like they're just going to be perpetually pissed off about the civil rights act they're not going to feel better about it and just let's let's just call them out on it 
I don't know. These people, these people just want, listen, they want, I've been saying it from the beginning. They don't, they'll go back to 1950. Mm. They would love to go back to 1950. Mm -hmm. But if they go back to 1850, they love that even more. Yeah. They love 1850. Oh, 1850 was the good old days where you could we could be on a plantation and you could have a wedding. Mm-mm. You could have a mm-hmm. wedding. I do declare, you know. You know what, Lavetta? Well, black people knew their place. They're still having weddings on plantations, but that's for maybe another Girl, day. don't get me started. Ah, uh, don't get me started. But that is Linda Taylor, my <gasps> notorious woman for this episode. That Isn't was, that crazy? That's crazy. That was amazing. I did just like you just like put my whole childhood in perspective, honestly, mm-hmm. in a way that I've not seen because I remember the conversations that I heard adults around me having. Well, we really shouldn't give out, you know, free money. You should pull up boots, you know, like that. I don't mean my parents necessarily, but just like the, the, the zeitgeist of the time. I remember that. I remember like the nightly But they weren't news. saying that in the 50s. They were not saying that in the 50s because no. that, that was happening since the yeah. Depression. And I mean, Roosevelt was right. You need to give people money so they can buy food. You need to, um, you know, get infrastructure going so you can make jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, industries around that grows up and, you know, the money can start flowing. And but when after the civil rights legislation, if you mean black people are getting this, too. And then he found this one scammer. He's such one an asshole. scammer who was raised with her white family who I bet you if any they were getting I bet you they were getting welfare. Oh What's yeah, because they were very poor. We already talked about that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Oh my God. So, it was interesting. Yo, like that yeah. is that is it's like crazy, but it's not because it makes sense, but it's also fucking crazy. You know? I don't that was not yeah. prolific. And while a I child kidnapping and murder goes right. unsolved. Nothing. <laughs> no idea. Just, just, nope. Yeah. They did not find yeah. the child, actually. Like, no. but, oh. It's like, yeah. Like, I am anyway. the prize, well, y'all. Well, who's your notorious okay. woman? <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, still processing. Um, okay, so my I know, right? Story, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Okay. It's I, a lot. I, I don't want to mess her name up. So, uh, a friend of mine sent this to me. Um, Nar- I, Nargis? I think Nargis? N-A-R-G-E-S, Mohammadi. Okay. Okay. This woman right here, listen, she is the most brave. I'm just saying, uh, she's the most brave woman. She must, She we must discuss her. Okay. Okay. It's a little, there's like, there's a lot of jail time involved and it's unfair. Oh, okay. So fair warning. Okay. I'm going to upfront fair warning. Okay. I like this. Linda deserved to be in jail right. for murder and kidnapping. And, but this woman is. This woman. Yeah. Power to the people. Power okay. to the people. Gotcha. Okay. So she was born in 1972, April 21st in Zanjan, Zan, Iran, a, a region in <laughs> okay. Iran. I am so sorry. I will do the best I can um, to an Iranian Azerbaijani family, which is um, they grow up speaking both Iranian and Azerbaijani, which is a language I just learned. Um, I did not know that. I, I didn't either. Um, so there it's again, when you go to Iran, certain places, you it's hard to get a lot of information. Uh, so I mm. don't know much about her childhood. Um, uh, her parents 
were very encouraging of her to learn and grow and study. I got that. Um, good parents. She went to Kazvin International University. She received a degree in physics and became a professional engineer. So another woman that is much smarter than both you and I. No offense. Um, <laughs> no, no, none taken. I, I love you, but we did not receive a degree in physics and become engineers. Right. No. And I mean, in exactly. your case, you totally could have. But in my case, it no, was not no. in, in any of my cards. So let's just <laughs> be honest about that. So while she was at university, she started writing articles supporting women's rights in the student newspaper. And she was arrested at two meetings of the political student group. Okay, the name in English of the student group is Enlightened Student Group. And the name okay. in Iranian is something else. And I, I really don't want to butcher an entire language and offend an entire people. Um, so, but it, it looks very beautiful if you look at it. Um, so she was also active in mountain climbing and she joined a, a group for it, but then was later banned because of her political activities. So in 1999, we're going to jump. She married fellow pro-reform journalist, Tagi Ramani, and he was soon arrested after they got married for the first time. So he was basically in in prison for most of that time. And then he moved to France uh, in 2012. She stayed around and kept doing her human rights work and they had two kids. So they, they were twins. <laughs> I can't figure out how they had time to make children, but twins... <laughs> Just one, I mean, one shot, you know. Yeah. yeah you get, get her done. Um, <laughs> so she worked as a journalist for several reformist newspapers. She published a book of political essays titled The Reforms, the Strategy, and the Tactics. And in 2003, she joined the Defenders of Human Rights Center, which is uh, DHRC, and it's headed by uh, the Nobel Peace Prize laureate Shirin Ibadi. Um, and then she later became the organization's vice president. So she was first arrested. Remember, this is a story of a woman who keeps going to jail. Um, yeah. And does not give up. So she was first arrested in 1998 for her criticisms of the Iranian government. And she spent one year in prison. So then like 10 years happened. And I don't know what happened. But... In April 2010, she was summoned to the Islamic Revolutionary Court for her membership in the DHRC. She was briefly released on a $50,000 bail, like $50,000 U.S. bail, but then oh, wow. re-arrested several days later and detained at Evin, E-V-I-N, Evin Prison. So her health was declining while she was there. She developed an epilepsy-like disease. Um and after a month, they ultimately let her go so she could seek medical care. Um, oh, man. It's crazy. So July 2011, this is a story, keeps keeps storying. Um, she was prosecuted again and found guilty of, quote, acting against the national security, membership of the DHRC, and propaganda against the regime. End quote. So in September, she was sentenced to 11 years imprisonment. Damn. 
11 years. She. So she got less time for. She got more time for political stuff than Linda got for. Yeah. From like, and she's like, okay. from what I gather, she's writing essays. She's mm. writing essays. She's meeting with other like minded people to gain rights for women, essentially. Mm-hmm. And thus mm-hmm. she's being jailed. All right. Yeah. Fucking men. All right. So how do I really feel? I don't know. Uh, she stated that she learned of the verdict only through her lawyers and had been given, quote, she says, given an unprecedented 23 page judgment issued by the court in which they repeatedly likened my human rights activities to attempts to topple the regime, end quote. So mm-hmm. she was just looking for some rights. Uh, yeah. In March 2012, the sentence was upheld by an appeals court, but it was reduced to six years. Uh, and that's about what Linda got, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but this woman is just trying to get basic human basic rights for women. He- yes. And Linda over there scamming. That's true. So yeah. like a, l- a l- little different, a little different. Um, so on April 26th, 2012, she was arrested to begin her sentence. Now, this sentence was protested by the British Foreign Office, which called it, quote, another set example of the Iranian authorities' attempts to silence brave human rights defenders, end quote. Amnesty International designated her a prisoner of conscience and called for her immediate release. Reporters Without Borders issued an appeal on her behalf on the ninth anniversary of photographer Zara Kazemi's death in Evan Prison, which stating that she was a prisoner whose life was in particular danger. Mm, so yeah. it's coming out that prison, not so safe, right? Yeah, especially I would imagine in a place that already will put you in prison for just writing essays and speaking yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. So I can't imagine that the prisons are that safe. Um. So July 2012, an international group of lawmakers called for her release including like a whole bunch of white men from all over the place. I'm not going to go into detail, but good on them. Good on them. They did the right thing. Yep. So on July 31st, 2012, she was released from prison. So that's good. Enough pressure, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're not done, though. Okay. Cuckoo. October 31st, October 2014, she made a speech at the gravesite of Satar Beheshti saying, uh, quote, how is it that the parliament members are suggesting a plan for the promotion and virtue? What is this? Let me try that again. Suggesting a plan for the promotion of virtue and prevention of vice. But nobody spoke up two years ago when an innocent human being by the name of Satar Paheshti. What am I doing? I can read. I can't read. <laughs> Words are hard. USA. USA. Okay. So essentially, I'm going to stop quoting. Basically, like, how do you how do you say you're fighting for human rights when he died under torture? Essentially, is what she's right. saying, right? Right. Her speech went viral pretty quickly through social media networks, resulting surprise in the court in the um the prison 
summoning her. So the Evan prison court, I guess the prison has a court. I don't know. I guess so. Wow. Um, And they said to turn herself in just like for charges. She didn't know what. Just like, just do it. Just do because we said so. Okay. Basically, here's a form. We'll fill it out later. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, this is terrifying. So scary. And she doesn't stop. I love, like, huh. Um, so May 5th, 2015, she was once again arrested uh, on the basis of new charges. So this year, the, this time they're trying to censor, sentence her to 10 years imprisonment for, quote, founding an illegal group, end quote, uh, in reference to basically to Ligam, uh It's a campaign to abolish the death penalty. Uh, f- uh, five years of that for, quote, assembly and collusion against national security and one year for, quote, propaganda against the system, end quote. For her interviews with international media and her March 2014 meeting with the EU's then high representative for foreign affairs and security policy, Catherine Ashton. So, I mean, this is a lot of information. It's a lot of like, she did this, she did that, but she basically gets imprisoned, comes out, fights for the rights in any way she deems necessary and important. And all of it seems right to me. And then gets thrown back in prison. Yeah. Like, it's just, just like shut up woman and be quiet. Yeah. And she's like, no, I won't shut up. Yeah. Um, In 2019, in January, she began a hunger strike. So I think she'd been in prison for about five years at that point. Um, God. With the detained British-Iranian citizen Nazanin Zaghari Ratcliffe in Evan Prison to to protest being denied access to medical care. In July 2020, remember July 2020? She mm-hmm. showed signs of COVID, um, oh. which she apparently did recover from. Very, very lucky oh, uh, by August. And then October 2020, she was released from prison. March 2021. She is not done. She wrote the foreword to the Iran Human Rights Annual Report on the Death Penalty in Iran. So when I, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But I like this part. I'm going to read this part. Ready? Okay. These people have been sentenced to death after being held in solitary confinement and subjected to horrific psychological and mental torture. That is why I do not consider the judicial process to be fair or just. I see keeping defendants in solitary confinement, forcing them to make untrue and false confessions that are used as the key evidence in issuing these statements. So she does not play. She's wow. she saw this is yeah. Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um that somebody can be that brave in this day and time. I mean and, and also that someone needs to be that brave just by speaking. Just by speaking. You know? I mean, you know, we got we got ninety nine problems, but not being able to speak a one. You know, like in this country, we yeah. you know, it's not perfect, but it does it does like it does make you kind of realize, like, for now, I mean, for now, <laughs> these motherfuckers getting charged. I could easily change. Don't forget to vote. Yeah, that's right. Vote. Vote them out. Vote, vote them out. out. 
watch PS total side note, watching the house do what it's doing these days is really, I mean, it's kind of funny. But you know honestly. what? I love it. Cause it's a self-inflicted wound. <laughs> I know. Right. Why did I, I stab it, my leg and I'm still bleeding? Well, I don't know why you stabbed your leg in the first place, dude. Yep. It's like your fault. You won't help me. Your fault, Democrats. You won't help us out of this. Yes. It's the Democrats fault. That makes perfect sense. Or yeah. <laughs> listen, <laughs> vote for a Democrat to be speaker. You can do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. He's right there. Yeah. Just hanging out, <laughs> doing nothing. Um, right. So in May 2021, Lord in heaven, here we go. Branch 1188 of Criminal Court 2 in Tehran sentenced her to two and a half years in prison. 80 lashes. Okay, let's go back hundreds Oof. of thousands of years. And two separate fines for charge for charges, including, quote, spreading propaganda against the system. So four months later, she received a summons to begin the sentence, and she didn't respond. She was like, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, also, 80 lashes. Let's think about that. 80. 80 lashes. Three is too many, but 80. That these motherfuckers. Um, so she they found her on November 16th. She was attending a memorial of someone who had been killed by uh, security to for security forces during a protest in 2019. So um, where am I? Words on a page. So the, her arrest was condemned as arbitrary by Amnesty International and the International Federation for Human Rights. I think they did not arrest her. So December 2022, and listen, I don't have a lot of access to a lot of information. Once again, please let us know yeah. if you know more. Uh, so 2022, during the Mahesha Amini protests, the BBC published a report by that she had written detailing the sexual and physical abuse of detained women. In January 2023, oh. she gave a report from prison. I lied. She went to prison. I didn't even read that when I prepped it. Like I looked <laughs> at it and I couldn't take it in. Yeah. And I think I do this sometimes when I don't want something to be true. And <laughs> I'm reading it. I'm like, nah, yeah, she didn't go I to know. prison. Yeah, fucking A. Um, detailing the condition of women in that prison. She included a list of 58 prisoners and the interrogation process and tortures they have gone through. 57 of these women have spent 8,350 days in total under solitary confinement. 56 of these women are sentenced to 3,300 months in total. Quote, I declare once more that solitary confinement is a cruel and inhumane punishment. I will not rest until it is abolished. She has been an outspoken critic of solitary confinement, calling it, quote, white torture in her 2022 book of the same name. In September 2023, she supported Mehdi Yarahi after his arrest for the protest. He wrote a protest song and he got arrested. So that's what we know so of basically, her. Yeah. Her career comes down to... Um, or her legacy comes yeah. down to standing up for human rights and what's right uh, in general, but also like not being quiet when they're like, woman, let men speak. Shut up. She's yeah. like, ah, ma, 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 ma. men are, it's amazing how triggered they get. Some men trigger, they get just 
from a woman speaking. Because that's like she hasn't even done. Listen, we've done women. She that hasn't throw, taken up arms. Throw bombs at buildings and shit like they. Yeah. You, she's writing push essays. People. Right. Yeah. She's. Yeah. Or taking a hat pin. It's unreasonable. Doing what they got to do, you know. Listen, the hat pin girls are my, or ladies are. Listen, yeah, they got it. They did what they had to do. No doubt. Let me be clear on where that's I That's my internal um, hero, shero. Uh, yeah, no. Hat pin. Sometimes you just want to take a hat pin and stab a motherfucker in his eye. You know. And the just because she's just speaking, like talking, yeah. she dares speak out of term when she's not spoken to. Like, it's just like. Yeah. This is like. The 1400? What is going this on? This feels very like, like 1400s. Lashes? Like, what the fuck? But I mean, listen, being here in the US, we're watching it in real time. These motherfuckers want to go back to that. And some of the women yeah. don't realize that's what they're trying to go back I, to. I don't, I can't figure out they, how they don't see that. They think they could just go a little back. Well, they think that, oh, yeah. well, yeah, abortion. But it's like, no abortion. That's just the, the tip of the iceberg. Doing- they want women to go back. It's a control to where they can't mechanism. Even get it. Uh, yeah. That's all they it don't, is. They want to go back to where women can't open up a bank account on their own. Mm-hmm. They need a man to do it. Like. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that frustrates me about the whole abortion argument is you don't have to get an abortion. Go to your church. Yeah. Preach against it all day. That's totally fine. I, I can't stop you because we have freedom of religion, freedom of thought. Freedom, you know, of some action. Miriam. Yeah. Yes, Lavetta. That's very lovely what you're saying. Thank, and that makes sense. Thank you. And that's the high road. Mm. But I'm just going to say it. Okay. Some of these motherfuckers should have been aborted. I'm just, <laughs> listen. Some of these motherfuckers shouldn't have made it out the womb. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can think of several that uh, I know in real life. Okay. <laughs> so uh, that's why I'm pro-choice. Because some of these motherfuckers... <laughs> Should have been cut off at the Listen. Uh, okay. So you have options for high roads or low roads. Uh, we give options. Listen, that is my <laughs> yes. that is my sci-fi time travel movie. Oh, Go back. Yeah. It'd be like, yeah, not you. Not you. <laughs> they won't be making that Pixar movie, huh? Shoot. I don't know. Some of these motherfuckers like, and also it's just like, who are So it's not only like this it, with, with the case of her, and I'm sorry, say her name once more. I am for me. so afraid um, that I'm saying it wrong, but I think. <laughs> but we have to say her name. I, like I know. You know. Be, it's, I think it's not Nargis Mohammadi. Mohammadi. Nargis Mohammed. Moham, or Nargis Mohammadi. Mo, it's funny. Like, per. Persian is not unsimilar to Hebrew, so I feel like I should be able to mm-hmm. pull this off. But I, I, yeah. I don't want to mess it up, you know? Yeah, I know. We want to be respectful. But yeah. she is basically, she's asking for not even the bare minimum, bare, bare minimum. But it's not about that. It's about yeah. control. It's about control. Over not only yourself, but other people. I think she's... In perpetuity. One of the reasons why I chose her is like, we try to call things out and I think, yeah. you know, in this country right now, we absolutely can. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like she is in a time and a place yeah. where even the most, the, the least you could do, write an essay, gets her arrested yeah. in a cruel prison. 
in a cruel prison where she's subjected to sexual abuse, mm-hmm. uh, mental torture. Abuse. And it's just like a torture. And it's just like these motherfuckers can't even. And I just think about those people during the pandemic who are like, I can't wear a mask because it's uncomfortable. This woman is going to jail yes. for writing an essay. Uh-huh. OK. Yeah. She was like, I'm going to do that time. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Time. And she gets out of jail. They're giving her 80 lashes. And yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll be like, I'll be honest. That's, I go that, to jail once yeah. for a day and I will never do it again. You know, I'm, Girl, I'm not made for it. No, I'm a no. scaredy cat. Yep. Same. I, I, I mean, I don't want to have to be uh, looking over my shoulder and become a cold blooded killer because I will to survive. But I, I don't I will not. I don't think I'll survive. I don't think I'll get to that point. I think I will crumble mm. because I'm a wuss. Yep. Same. But I know. I know. This is why I don't do. Uh, criminal things. Um, yeah. I just think about them in my head, like stabbing somebody with a hat pin mm, who is trying mm-hmm. to rape you or molest you, and yeah. and does yeah. some stranger like you know. Um, it's just you know, but wow, that is. I mean, that's the kind of bravery I don't even think most people. Yeah, I I think most people don't. And and I'm not even knocking most people again, you and I would not do this. Because, you know, we don't, I don't have that constitution. I would crumble. I would just shut up. Honestly, as much as I and I love to talk. I would just be like, Oh, I guess I will shut up. But she's like, Nope. Nope. So I mean, good on her. Oh, Oh my God. Thank you. For sharing that, thank you for uh, sharing that. I mean, what a way to end the season! Huh? <laughs> I was just gonna say, <laughs> that's a doozy. One's a scammer and one's a hero, right? Right. It's just like, I mean, but women are all kinds of things. That's why we do the show. Yes. You know, and and she's notorious for doing again something heroic, right? Right. Exactly. And Linda is notorious for. For doing something that's scammy, but also allegedly murdering and kidnapping mm-hmm. kids. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely yeah. alleged. Uh, but that's not important. No, no, <laughs> well, Again, no. Ignore the murder and kidnapping. Yeah, let's, let's not get talk to about this, it. This welfare fraud. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, Who? Yeah. I don't even. Wow. Nah. It's crazy. America, baby. America. Yeah, uh, that, <laughs> with that, that wraps it up for the latest episode of Notorious Women podcast. Guys, thank you so much for joining us every week. We really, really appreciate the downloads, uh, the listens, uh, the sharing. Hopefully you're sharing. Again, remember to copy the link. Yes, and please. Send it to someone. Mm-hmm copy it also you can give us a five-star review in the apple store that helps people find us um and you can just tell your friends about us you can also support us on patreon we Please. love the money mm-hmm. you know because i don't have linda's scamming ability I don't so either. i just have to come straight forward yeah. and just ask you uh, but if you want to do that, if you want to support us financially, you can go to patreon.com slash notorious women. And that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash notorious women. And Miriam, where else can they find and support the show? Oh, well, we all have our Instagram page. So fun. It's Notorious Women yep, Podcast. Thanks. I'm trying. Um, and we also have a TikTok page. Okay. New. Yeah. We're fairly newish, right? Newish. We just started putting things on it, but we've had the. Yeah. (laughs) If we're honest about the situation, Um, you can also email us at notoriouswmpod at gmail dot com. You can you can DM us on Instagram as well. Yeah. I check that. Absolutely. And that is it. But most importantly. 
come back here next week. Yeah, do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> do that. Um, or we may take a week We're off gonna, between this episode and the next yeah, episode. So we have, are we going to take one we off? We are taking okay. one off, yeah. Okay, yeah. So we will see you for season four. Okay. Can you believe this? Yes. Season four. We fancy. And season we four is going to start off fancy. like a little bit special. A little bit special. Yes. So come we on got back. A great surprise for you yeah. guys. Yes, come on back. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.